With the visibility of mental health gaining a higher level through the observance of Mental Health Awareness Month in May, the need for such is being seen as highly important across all communities. In the report, State of the State Survey, the need to achieve behavioral and physical health equity in Colorado's LGBTQ community is revealed to also be a necessity. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The organization leading the State of the State Survey is one which also assists local governments and nonprofit organizations to put their community goals into action by delivering to them the research information required to shape the proper outreaches. On this edition, we visit with Omni Institute based in Denver that has staff in 13 states. How their work supports the LGBTQ community is the focus of this edition with Omni founder and CEO, Ms. Jean Denius. I think that mental health is an issue nationwide and it spans multiple populations and communities. I think we're all affected by mental health directly and directly. And, and as you alluded to, it's an interesting time right now. And uh, I think it is particularly stressful for uh, the queer community, of which I'm a part. I would say that, uh, you know, it's important to consider and pay attention to the fact that there are profound health inequities that exist for the LGBTQ community, including behavioral health, as well as many other marginalized groups. But, uh, you know, our community is incredibly strong and resilient. And I think that, you know, all those responses can be true from day to day in terms of sometimes feeling overwhelmed, sometimes feeling uh, resolute and empowered to affect change. And I, I guess what I would say is that I'm, um, while recognizing that uh, we we have a lot of issues to tackle and gaps to close, that there's, there's a tremendous amount of really exciting work going on right now um, in, in Colorado yeah. um, to to address this and to improve experiences and outcomes for our community and um, really want to give a shout out to Envision You, uh, the nonprofit uh, located in Colorado that is solely focused on advancing behavioral health equity for LGBTQ Coloradans. Uh, they're just doing tremendous work and we're really proud and excited to partner with them and support their efforts. Is this the uh, client that you did the uh, state of the state survey for? Yes, they spearheaded that effort. Um, we supported uh, carrying out the the survey, uh, you know that is our bread and butter research and evaluation, and so we bring the skill sets and the the methodological expertise to carry out those efforts. But we really, you know, look to and partner with our clients and communities to to be the experts on you know the questions we should be asking and informing the methods we use, and certainly playing a really critical role in helping us interpret and apply the findings. Uh, and I would also just share too that uh, the Denver Foundation. Um, funded the statewide survey effort, oh, and we really appreciated their investment in it. Um, not just, you know, investing in the survey generally, but really providing us the resources and time needed to to conduct it in a truly inclusive way that, you know, meaningfully engaged uh, community members at every stage. And they're they very clearly, um, you know, invested in equitable approaches. And so it was really just a, a wonderful partnership. Let me ask you about the survey itself. I mean, did you start out with a, a direction you wanted to go and you set up your questions mm -hmm. to get those answers or did you have a more generic set of answers and uh, answers a more generic set of questions and then you would follow what they said uh, to mm. determine which direction you wanted to go 
Right. Well, you know, it's a little bit of both when you have a multi-method effort. So let me just start with, at the outset, what we knew is that there was a lot that we don't know about the behavioral health experiences and needs of the community. And this is because, uh, you know, typically statewide or national surveys that, that broadly assess health and um, prevalence of particular conditions or issues, yeah. you know, you can, you can get just enough data to know that there is a disparity or to know the prevalence of a particular issue, but you can't go deeper than that typically because that's not the focus of the survey. Um, the sample sizes are often not sufficient um, to really tap into the uh, particular experiences of marginalized uh, communities and populations. And so at the outset, we started with saying, you know, we know that there's a disparity. We know that there are inequities. That's been documented mm -hmm. time and time again, nationally and in Colorado. Right. But what we don't know is a little bit more about, um, you know, people's experiences in, in community or in families with getting social support. What we don't know firsthand about people's experiences trying to access care that is, that is inclusive or, um, you know, and what their experiences in care actually are. And that's where we have the opportunity to, to affect real change mm -hmm. um, in outcomes is at, in, at these sort of systems level levers that we, can, that we can pull to improve the way that communities respond and address uh, mental health, not just for LGBTQ, but really all of us, right? But also, you know, thinking about the role that the healthcare system has to play, the role that behavioral health care providers can play in um, improving or, or sometimes not being able to improve outcomes and experiences if they're not um, trained to understand the unique needs uh, and lived experiences of LGBTQ plus folks. Um, and then, you know, using we wanted to make sure we could generate data from the survey that would help inform um, policy recommendations. So what types of resources are needed to be invested at the state level yeah. to address some of these shortfalls and, and these gaps in, in the systems? You probably found uh, a lot of information, uh, probably learned a lot of information that, mm -hmm. that confirmed some thinking you may have started with. But did you have some surprises that, Oh, I didn't know they were thinking about that, or I didn't know that was a, a, a big deal. Did you have some surprises along the way? Yeah, well, you know, I think that there were many things that were confirmed, as you said. We found that, you know, many folks, I think over a quarter, expressed concern about their mental health and have not had their primary providers ask about those needs. I think that this is something that we know is a is a is an issue more broadly, um, and that many are not getting the help that they need. Not surprising, but hopeful and important to know is uh -huh. a couple of things. Yeah. One is that um, folks expressed, uh, you know, feeling uh, like they had strong social support networks. So nine out of 10 of the respondents shared that they, they have someone who cares about them. And I think two thirds shared that they do feel like they belong to a community. And we know that social support is really critical um, uh, determinant of, of health outcomes. Right. The other thing is that even as people were sharing about negative experiences, non-affirming experiences in, in treatment and care settings, they had lots of ideas and solutions of simple steps that can be taken to improve folks' experiences in care that really just don't take a whole lot. And, you know, they include things, they include simple cues or efforts to make um, that just signal support and understanding and recognition of their identities and needs. 
even things like just having inclusive signage in the offices, providers when they're first engaging folks in care, making sure that they ask for and use the names and pronouns that people prefer versus what might be documented in their medical records. Yeah. These are really simple steps that can be taken to sort of signal that this is a safe space that uh, people are equipped and ready to support. Um, and that makes a huge difference when you're engaged in treatment and recovery. That's, that's a pretty vulnerable place to be in, and feeling safe and understood and supported is, is really critical to, mm -hmm. you know, being willing to stay in care, being willing to go back uh, and engage in, in healthcare and other settings. So um, you can see how that has a cascading effect uh, on health outcomes. If your experiences with the system are negative, you're not going to go back. Yeah. Um, Right. And so things remain untreated, unaddressed. Did you see that perhaps women tend to find or, or, or get the outreach or the support that they need mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe men do not as much? I think that that has been that has absolutely been shown in other research. Um, and, um, you know, we know that's steeped in gender roles and expectations and you know, sometimes thinking about traditional gender roles and expectations looks a little bit different uh, in LGBTQ communities, right? Um, but, you know, I think we found that most folks mm -hmm. experience some difficulty or, or some success. And um, we did do, I, I don't have this in front of me right now, but we did um, do a number of sub-analyses to sort of pull out particular findings for subgroups or intersectional populations. So, for sure. example, uh, LGBTQ youth, uh, folks 55 and older, um, persons of color, and so forth, so that we could sort of extract, like, where there might be particular unique experiences for folks as a, as a function of those other social identities. Did you find or have some findings that perhaps a straight people can use to interface with mm -hmm. LGBTQT people better. That brings to mind for me some of Envision U's other um, efforts. You know, they, they take a multi-pronged approach to uh -huh. addressing this. So they are seeking to educate the community more broadly, as well as the uh, population of LGBTQ plus folks on the fact that you know uh, we shouldn't stigmatize mental health and that. Um, we should be able to talk about it and share that we need support. We should be checking on each other and asking those questions, um, not assuming that people are okay. And so they have a, a whole uh, you know, statewide social media campaign called How to Have the Talk. And that's something that they you know, started off with doing even in advance of this survey. But we know that stigma is a huge issue that prevents people from being able or comfortable engaging in discussions about mental health, not just for themselves, but um, for, you know, uh, their friends, their family members, and so forth. When, when you yeah. say how to have the talk, is that, is that a coming out conversation? Is that a conversation oh, no, about no, no. It's, HIV? It's, um, is that a conversation about it is, what? Nope, it's, it's specific to behavioral health. It's about initiate, knowing how to initiate conversations where you can check in on uh, folks on their mental health and oh, any okay. particular struggles that they may be having. And just, you know, generally with these types of issues that bring stigma and discomfort, people maybe don't know uh, how to start those conversations or how to address an issue, giving tips and tools for, for how to start those conversations. Because, you know, mutual community support is, is a huge piece of tackling mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's it's not going to be solved if people aren't able to or willing to talk about it um, and support each other. And so 
that's really the focus of the campaign. And, and you know, everything I'm sharing is really can be applied generally to our society, as I'm sure you would agree, yeah. um, that there's a need to destigmatize mental health more broadly. And, and, and you do see some of that happening more and more now. And so I think there's a lot of promising indicators. But there's a, a long way to go as well. Yeah, because people always wanted to, uh, didn't want to say if they had an emotional issue or not because they didn't want people to think they were crazy. Right. Yes. I mean, sharing that you have those um, struggles, right, it sometimes can bring the danger of social rejection, which yeah. is the exact opposite of what you need in, in that vulnerable moment. One thing I wanted to ask you, too, because I found very interesting about Omni you're working in an area of research that you don't find a lot of other companies doing, especially if it started with an entrepreneurial bent. How did the organization begin? What what led to it? Did someone call you and say, hey, Gene, you know, we'd like to find out something about this? Omni has actually been around for over 40 years in, in one incarnation or another, and it did start out um, – in, in some, in many ways, close to what it is now in terms of the mission and intent, which is to apply research, evaluation, and capacity building services to um, in in service of the social good. Um, but I would certainly say that the organization has evolved multiple times over the years, and for the past several years, we've really focused on honing our mission and focus. And what remains uh, true is that we are a team of social scientists who share a passion for applying our skills toward the social good. Um, you know, that's true of many social scientists, uh, but we are seeking to apply our skills in these real-world settings, partnering right alongside clients and communities who are trying to affect real change. And so it's a certain brand or type of research and evaluation that we do, which is rapidly evolving. Um, you know, you're not in a controlled situation. You're watching things unfold in real time on the ground uh, in the dynamic and uh, you know, unpredictable way that they do um, in the real world. And so that's really where we want to be. We, we like being on the ground, uh, you know, elbow to elbow with our clients and community mm -hmm. members and, and see them as the true experts. Um, we're bringing our particular skill sets and methodological expertise to support them in the change work that they're doing. Ms. Jane Denius leads the Omni Institute, a social science consultancy whose research is leading to achieve better health equity and behavioral health equity for LGBTQ communities. However, their work does not stop there. Omni Institute also assists other communities nationally as well. We'll learn more about that from our guest on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Keep yourself vaccinated for your health and your family's safety. And we do thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.